Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Cardinal Robert Seurat is one of the most widely regarded voices in the church today. For a long time, he was the hoped-for successor of Francis, the prelate that would follow Francis into the papacy and restore the faith and expel the worst of the modernists. Then Cardinal Seurat reached mandatory retirement age, was dismissed by Francis from the Roman Curia, given an honorary promotion, and sent into retirement obscurity, thus closing the papacy to him, assuming a conclave happens anytime soon anyway, which is a dangerous assumption to make. Since entering retirement, he's written, been writing books, but he's otherwise been mostly silent on issues pertaining to the crisis in the church and the crisis of modern civilization. Cardinal Seurat recently had some remarks that I covered a couple of weeks ago that turned some heads because he finally broke his silence after being silent for almost a year. He has since followed those remarks up with an interview with an otherwise obscure French-language news site. And in that interview, he really dives deep into why civilization is heading towards whatever calamity that most of us just sense is coming. And at the core of this crisis is the rejection of the faith by the broader civilization a rejection fueled by bishops and priests refusing to preach the gospel, while the problems involving the Ted McCarricks and Father Rupnicks of the church cast a long shadow over the Church of Christ, harming its credibility. Cardinal Seurat really starts at the beginning, though, and that is an issue of how the broader society sees itself and what it believes about itself and the nature of reality. We live in a time of relativism, the dictatorship of relativism, as Benedict called it, it's a time of change, and this is causing chaos. Western civilization is rejecting its identity. All of the West is built on Christianity. It is a Christian civilization, but is in the self-destructive phase of its denying its own identity. It's renouncing Christ, and as a consequence of this, it is in the process of destroying itself. Cardinal Robert Seurat diagnoses the, the causes of this problem, and one of them is consumerism, which is the elevation of material goods beyond their real value, and turning them into an idol to be venerated by people through just consuming goods for the sake of consuming them. Quote, The whole of European civilization is steeped in Christianity. By a curious phenomenon, the West seems to want to deny its identity. Like an adolescent in crisis who does not assume his name or his roots, Europe tries in vain to persuade itself that it comes from nowhere, that it was built without receiving the fruitful and decisive contribution of Christianity. This attitude appears pathetic, immature, and self-destructive to the rest of the world. To be ashamed of what one is, is a malady of the mind. Europe will only be truly itself if it recognizes itself as Christian. It is not even necessary to have faith personally to admit it. We want to celebrate Christmas, light up the streets, give each other presents. But why rejoice if there is no cause? If not because God, who is the true light, comes to free us from our darkness and save us by being born as a child in a manger. Christmas without Christ, without Jesus in the manger, in the manger is a tragically empty shell that consumerism tries to fill with its glitz and vulgarity. At Christmas, we celebrate God who becomes a child, affordable, fragile, so small, who would not let himself be touched by the crib. To rediscover the meaning of Christmas, we need only contemplate the nativity scene in silence. Then our hearts will be filled with feelings of sweetness, thanksgiving, adoration, and innocence. Then the esteem for poverty, simplicity, and silence will be born in us. 
Then we will look with surprise and disgust at the flashy advertisements and the frenzy of consumerism, which for a moment had perhaps fascinated us. Let us look at the crib. It is the only remedy. End quote. Where's the lie? Cardinal Seurat is invoking Christmas to make his point. By the way, here's a general reminder. Christmas does not end until Candlemas on February 2nd. The 12 days of Christmas end on the 6th of this month, and in general, we as Catholics should continue to keep the message of Christ and the mission that is embodied in the Incarnation and his divine mission of salvation in our hearts and in our minds at this time of year, more so than we normally would, especially since Lent is not that far away. This should be an occasion of joy for us, but it should also give us new insights into the problems of the world. One such problem we face is that we've replaced Christ with consumerism, with the elevating of material goods almost to a form of worship. This rejection of consumerism is not the same as calling for the, practically calling for the imposition of the hammer and sickle ideology in the world. Like Francis seems to imply when he critiques consumerism, the church has always critiqued consumerism. Nor does it require us all to become monks or to live like monks, but what it does require of us is to put first things first. And the most important thing is to recognize that Christ is king. Society has rejected the reign of Christ the king. Led in that error by figures in the church rejecting the kingship of Christ, including every pope since Pius XII. This leads to a basic question that Cardinal Seurat has to address. Can Christian civilization die? Cardinal Robert Seurat warns us that yes, Christian civilization absolutely can die, and it will, unless it returns to being a Christian civilization. If it renounces its God, then Christian civilization will die in the same way that we spiritually die if we renounce Christ in word or deed. Quote, No civilization has the promise of eternal life. Yes, the Christian West can die if it renounces its soul and its faith in Christ Jesus. Without faith, the West is a body without a soul, i.e. a corpse. Under the blows of the barbarian invaders, who whole sections of the Christian Christianity of antiquity once disappeared in North Africa and Asia Minor. From now on, materialistic barbarism is in the hearts and minds. It may be that European Christianity will finally be reduced to a tiny minority, tolerated if it remains silent, persecuted if it dares to speak. Then perhaps Christians will be true disciples of the crucified Christ, hated and despised by the world. But we cannot wish for such a situation. For the weakest and most fearful would then no longer dare to proclaim it or express their faith. European Christianity can also wake up, and there are many signs of this. In the midst of the spiritual desert of contemporary society, we see oases forming, bringing families together around living parishes and fervent monasteries. These uninhibited Christians strive to live a demanding Christian life generously. I admire them. They pray, they are attentive to the quality of their catechetical formation. They evangelize and put themselves at the service of the most abandoned. A short while ago, I read a story which indicated that while we can speak of a real demographic self-destruction in Europe, believers are the only ones who still generate large families. For me, this is a very clear sign. Without trust in a good and fatherly God, we lose the very desire for life and fertility. If a child is not received as a gift from God, then it becomes a burden, a hindrance in the search for a comfortable material life. If faith in God does not nourish us with hope, why should we want to beget? Do we not see today radical ecologists without faith in God preaching 
with resignation the necessity of the end of all humanity and inviting with conviction to stop giving life to children. Christians, and especially priests and bishops, have grown passive. They and the rest of us no longer talk about the reality of eternity with non-believers. We don't spread the gospel for fear of offending people. In Africa and Asia, Christians often risk their lives for their faith. Like the first Christians, they often choose to live in evangelical poverty and to take seriously the demands of God's teachings. They are not anesthetized by material comforts. They sometimes walk for hours to come to Mass. In the West, we want to be so spiritual that faith becomes an idea, even a ghost. Can a faith that is not concrete, that does not require any renunciation, that costs nothing, remain alive? In Africa, faith is simply the heart, the backbone of daily life. They are not afraid to embody it through popular devotional practices, through public or private prayer, fasting and penance practiced collectively. In Europe, the slightest expression of faith in the public space is perceived as a transgression. Secularism can be a good thing if it does not prohibit the public and social expression of faith, but it sometimes becomes a burden that forces us to reject belief in the strictly private domain. Respect for all does not oblige us to amputate our faith as soon as we are in society. Our teaching should always recall the great truths of the soul, heaven, hell, and purgatory. I wanted to remind them, priests and bishops here, firmly in my last book, Catechism of the Spiritual Life. It is, however, simple. If the priests do not speak any more about life after death, they become useless. Funeral ceremonies should be occasions for systematic preaching about eternal life and the salvation of our souls. Unfortunately, the idea that we will all go to heaven is given credence. This is not what the gospel says. Concern for salvation, prayer for the dead, and souls in purgatory are central truths without which faith is meaningless. End quote. He's not wrong. Have you been to a Catholic funeral? They often act like canonization ceremonies. The priests and bishops of the church won't preach on eternity in the last four things. They only repeat a nice version of the tired lies of the secular world. What does that say of the church and her credibility? Will the world even listen to the gospel preached by people who frankly don't appear to believe it themselves? After all, if you believed in the gospel, you'd want everyone to hear it, to know the consequences of rejecting the gospel and the great love Christ alone has for you, that there is no salvation outside of his church, and that he is the only way to the Father, and that he founded the Catholic Church on the rock of Peter. The hierarchy has largely rejected that most basic Christian notion and has destroyed the credibility of the church in the process, really severely damaged it, especially once we factor in Ted McCarrick and Father Rupnick and all these other problems that got swept under the rug in the church. Quote, the credibility of the church does not rest on the efficiency of the Episcopal conferences, nor on this or that bishop or cardinal as a human individual, with his frailties not sufficiently combated by prayer. The credibility of the church is based on the gospel and the divinity of Jesus. If there are saints to remind us of this, they will be credible. I believe that there are many saints among priests and even among bishops. They know how to recall the good news with force and credibility. The saints are credible not the administrative structures. On the contrary, these structures are sometimes occasions of flight and collegial abandonment of Jesus and his teaching. 
for fear of displeasing the public, end quote. The key phrase there is, if there are saints, to remind us of this. He believes there are saints among them. I'm more skeptical of that. Father Ripperger caused a stir a few years ago when he bluntly stated that it doesn't really look like there are many saints among us today, if any at all. Saints tend to be noticed by the public, at least in our time. Real saints do. They tend to get secular attention by the media in our modern age, and not in a fawning way either, but in a more of a fascination kind of way. And yet there are no saints like that today. There are certainly good bishops and figures in the public eye who are seeking holiness and doing the work of the church, and I would put Cardinal Robert Seurat on that list, but there don't really appear to be any saints walking among us. And why is that? What happened to the church that she doesn't look like she's producing saints even in this depraved age, or especially in this depraved age? Cardinal Seurat has a lot more to say on this, though. I'll have the interview with him linked over at returntotradition.org in today's show notes. I can't put it here, I'm sorry. But the interview is in French, and it's behind a paywall on the original website. But I have a link to a web archive of it as well, so you can take a look at it. But you'll need to run the text through a translation website like DeepL to read it. But is Cardinal Seurat wrong? He's essentially saying that Christian civilization is dying because we, the believers, are letting it die, that we are complicit in it, because most of us don't truly believe, especially those men in formal offices in the church. If they truly believed, they'd be defending the faith, promoting the gospel, and they'd be willing to suffer the consequences of witnessing for Christ in the public square. The rare story of priests getting canceled by the secular world tends to hit us so hard because they always get destroyed for being too Catholic. The world celebrates priests who reject the faith in some way. But the priests who are actually Catholic get squashed when they step out of line. There was that story out of Ireland of a priest who got squashed for just repeating Christian truth at Mass. And this seems to happen all too rarely, really. I'm curious what you thought about this interview, though. Is he right? So let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. I was just sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.